You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, Good morning to everybody watching online. Can we welcome our online church today? So glad you guys are here today and uh, so happy to have the honor of talking with you today. And I just would like to echo uh, what Brian in the video said. Um, I, I would just encourage you today, tomorrow, sometime today or tomorrow, just take some time uh, to thank God uh, for the men and women who paid the ultimate price so that we can do this. Um, don't take it lightly. Just take a moment. Give God some thanks for it. Hey, I don't know if you read the Bible, like if you read it for yourself, um, it's an amazing collection of incredible documents. It has some incredible stories and accounts in it. And uh, I, I don't know if you've read the book of Job. It's Job, not Job, by the way. I don't know if you made it to the book of Job. I kind of grew up, you know, in the church reading the Bible. And so I've read the book of Job and I always found Job to be a little bit depressing like it's kind of tough to make it through. You may, you may think of Job as being depressing. Um, Job loses everything. Job literally loses everything. Uh, Job is known for his patience. You probably heard your grandma or somebody say, well, they just have the patience of Job. You're going to see a little bit today you know, what, they, what they mean by that because Job had the ultimate patience. And uh, You're probably, you know, like getting the picture of what Job is kind of like. It's not really a a feel-good story. Um, In fact, maybe think of it this way. It's more FX channel than it is Hallmark channel. It's kind of rough. But here's the thing about Job's life. You have to make it to the end. You have to make it to chapter 2, to to chapter 42. And by, by the way... Uh, we added the chapters and verses somewhere in the 1500s. They came about with the advent of the printing press and more global literacy. And so we, we added these chapters and verses, you know, to enhance the reading experience, to enhance the studying experience. So when it comes to Job, you have to make it to chapter 42. You, you have to make it to the end. And I, and I love this verse. It says, so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. So I'm 58 years old. I am well into the second half of my life. And I want this. I want God to bless me. I want God to bless me more in the second half of my life. And listen, I've been so blessed. God has blessed me so much. But I want to be more blessed in the second half of my life. I want to be blessed. And listen, I want you to be blessed. I want God to bless your life in amazing ways. And I want God to bless Marathon Church. Our our church, you know, we just passed like 24 years of age. And God has blessed us in so many ways. But God has so much for us to do in this next portion of our life. I want God to bless us. I want God to bless you. I want God to bless me. I want God to bless our church. In fact, I want God to bless everybody that walks through those doors. I want God to bless us. And listen, I know this about you. You want to be blessed by God. All of us want to be blessed by God. And he wants to bless us. He wants to bless us. Now, let me be clear about this. When I say blessed or blessed by God, I don't mean God's going to make you rich. 
I mean that if you'll listen to and obey God's voice, I believe that God will bless you in amazing ways. And listen, when we walk in God's blessings, we walk in God's joy. So let me throw this question out here. How many of you have ever been mad? Like you've been like really mad. How many of you have ever been mad enough to hit someone or something? You know what guys do? When guys want to hit someone, instead of hitting a someone, they'll hit a something. Like guys will hit walls. Not smart. It is not smart. But we'll do that. We can get so mad that we'll want to hit someone or something. We've all been there. We've all been mad. How many of you have ever been confused? Anybody ever been confused? Yeah. How about frustrated? Anybody better, better, ever been frustrated? Yeah, we all have. We've all been mad and confused and frustrated. And let me ask it this way, and maybe you don't want to raise your hand this time, but have you ever been mad, confused, or frustrated with God? It, it's okay to admit that. Because it's, it's okay to not be okay I love this quote from Toby Mac. He said, it's okay to not be okay as long as you don't give up. But, but this is what happened in the church for like 70 years. People showed up to the church to be fake. People showed up and were phony. But, but this is real. So, some of us are mad at God. I've been mad at God. Some of us are confused by God. I've been confused by God. God said, my ways are not your ways. I usually think my way is right. And God said, nope, it's this way. It, a little confusing for me. Maybe some of us are frustrated with God. I've been frustrated with God. And typically, we suppress those feelings because we've been told that we can't be mad at God. We can't be confused or frustrated with God. And here's what happens. When we get mad, confused, or frustrated, we want to give up. Which pretty much, much sums up my life in math class. Like I was good in math with addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. But when we got into fractions and like complicated equations, like <laughs> gone. I'm out. Like I have no clue. I'm lost. And I got so confused and frustrated and angry about math. I just, I just wanted to give up on math. I wanted to forget about math. I hate math. It just makes me mad and confuses me, frustrates me. I hate it. In fact, there's only a couple of things I hate more than math. Snakes and cats. You can email me at craighenson at marathonchurch.org if you're a cat lover. I, just, I don't like snakes and cats and I hate math. That, that's just me. L listen, when... We're tempted, we're going to be tempted to give up when we get mad, confused, or frustrated. So we have to understand this. If you want to be blessed, don't ever give up on the God who has never given up on you. If you want to be blessed, don't ever give up on God. He has never given up on you. And listen, some of you believe that God has given up on you. And I would argue that he hasn't because you're here. Listen, there, there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, that I believed God had given up on me. There were so many days when I was delivering mail or selling cars that I, I never dreamed I would have this opportunity again. I never, I never thought I'd have the opportunity to use this gift again. I had pretty much given up on the idea of working on a church staff, and I for sure didn't think I'd ever work on a staff as awesome as this church staff. 
There were so many days that I was mad and confused and frustrated with where I was in life. And listen, it got bad for me. I was depressed, I was miserable, and I was making all the people around me miserable. But then God put Marathon Church in our lives, and everything began to change. Listen, when we get mad, confused, or frustrated, we are tempted to give up. Don't ever give up on the God who's never given up on you. And listen, that theme runs all the way through the scripture. The Apostle Paul was talking to the church at Galatia about the principle of planting and harvesting. And he said, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't ever give up on the God who's never given up on you. So check this out. Some of you today really need to hear this message. Some of you here, some of you watching online, you really need to hear this message. And some of you are in a really good place right now. If you're in a good place right now, I would just encourage you to file it away because trouble is coming. You're going to need this message someday. Trouble is coming. It's just true. You're either heading toward a valley, going through a valley, or coming out of a valley. That's just how life works. Trouble is here or it is coming. That's life. So with that in mind, I want to share three things with you today. First of all, this, life is hard. Life is hard. People say it to me all the time. Life is hard. Listen, work is hard. Relationships are hard. Marriage is hard. Raising kids is hard. Life was hard before COVID, and life's going to be hard coming out of COVID, and life's going to be hard after COVID. Listen, we, we live in a fallen world. We're surrounded by fallen people. Life is hard. And listen, no, nobody plans for a difficult life. You don't schedule a, a flat on the 123. You, you don't plan for your fridge to go out. You don't plan on your business being ravaged by a pandemic. It just does because life's hard. You, you don't plan for those things. You don't schedule those things. We, we, lived in, we live in a jacked up world. We, we don't see bad times coming. They just do. And listen, nobody knew trouble like Job. We began at the end of Job, but let's go back to the beginning. Job's story begins this way. There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. It kind of sounds like the beginning of a Dr. Seuss book, but this guy Job lived in Uz and he was blameless a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. This dude was righteous. Job was blameless, a man of integrity. He was a godly man. The text goes on to tell us that he loved his wife and he loved his kids. He loved his family and he loved and honored and respected God. Job loved his wife. I mean, Job really loved his wife. They had 10 kids, y'all. They were busy, okay? He loved his wife. And he loved his kids. The scripture tells us that he loved his kids so much that his kids would go out and party and he would get up the next morning and he would go and make a sacrifice or an offering to God just in case his kids sinned at the party. Some of y'all did this, that this week at graduation. Like, okay, let me just offer something to God for my kids, whatever they did when I wasn't around. He loved his wife and he loved his kids and he loved and honored and respected God. And he was wealthy. And listen, in Job's culture, by the way, Job was the first book written, 
okay, of all the books of the Bible. It was the first one that was written. In Job's culture, so it goes way back, in Job's culture, if you were wealthy, you were said to be blessed by God. If, if you were wealthy, people thought you were blessed by God. So Job is rich. Job has a great marriage. Job loves his family. Job loves and honors God. And check this out. While Job was doing his thing and minding his own business, God and Satan are having a conversation in heaven. And, and listen to this. I need you to get this. There's always more going on in your life than you can see. Some of you are mad, confused, and frustrated today, but there's more going on in your life than you can see. So God and Satan are having this conversation, and God's like, hey, Satan, what have you been up to since I kicked you out of heaven? And Satan's like, well, just been hanging out on earth, checking things out. Watch this. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Listen, I don't want to be that good. I don't want to be that good that God and Satan are going to talk about me. I don't want to be that good that God is going to brag to Satan about me. And listen, there's no chance it's going to happen, but I, just, I don't want to be that good that they're going to talk about me. And God says, check out my boy Job. And, and this is classic. Satan says to God, well, he's only awesome because you blessed him. And Satan was right. He was right. He, he knows people. Satan knows that people are cool as long as they're being blessed. It's all good when we're experiencing the blessings of God. Satan knows that anybody can come in here and raise their hands and sing when everything is going great. Satan said, take away his blessings and he'll curse you. God said, take away his blessings then. Now don't miss this. Satan had to get God's permission to mess with Job. This is not God and Satan jousting as equals. Satan has, has already been defeated. God owns him. Satan has already been defeated by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's only a matter of time until Jesus reigns him in and locks him down. Satan had to get God's permission to mess with Job. So if you're a follower of Jesus, Satan can't do anything to you unless it passes God's inspection. Satan can't do anything to you unless it passes God's inspection. Satan said, take away his blessings and it'll curse you. And God said, well, take away his blessings then. And he did. Satan afflicted him. And Job had one of the worst days that anybody's ever had on this planet. He lost everything. He lost all of his possessions. He lost his livestock. He lost his business. And he lost all 10 kids in a natural disaster. He lost everything in one day. His possessions, his business, his livestock, his kids. But he had some perspective. Look at this. Job said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Wow, that, that is some crazy perspective. 
And that is not the end of the conversation between God and Satan. God and Satan are still talking. It's recorded in chapter 2. And God's like, hey, how do you like my boy now? He lost everything and he still worships me. And Satan was like, well, yeah, because he has his health. Everybody knows if you have your health, you have everything. Take away his health and he'll curse you. And God said, fine, you can afflict his health, but you can't kill him. And Satan attacks Job and he loses his health completely. The guy is just wrecked. He is a literal mess. And in chapter two, his friend showed up. Job had a life group. In chapter two, after he's been afflicted, his health is completely gone. His support, his group shows up. And things were so bad, they didn't speak for seven days. They showed up, but they didn't say anything. Have you ever seen somebody that looks so bad you didn't know what to say? About 40 years ago, uh, we were like 18 or 19 years old, Amy had to get her wisdom teeth pulled. And uh, it didn't go well. And uh, I called her mom and said, hey, we were dating at the time. I called her mom. I said, hey, how's she doing? You know, how'd it go? And her mom's like, oh, it's not good. But you can come see her if you want. So drive over there. And, and I walk in. And I'm like, whoa. See, I'd, I'd only seen Amy sun-kissed and beautiful. And she looked like she had been in a car wreck, y'all. She literally had handprints bruised in her face where the assistant held her down while the dentist pulled the wisdom teeth. I mean, she was a mess. I had no idea what to say. It, it'll get better, I guess. It, I mean, it was bad. I didn't know what to say. Job's friends showed up, and, and they didn't even know what to say. It was so bad. They didn't speak for seven days. And then Job's wife came out there, and she said, oh, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? My aching back, this woman, he must have been thinking. We're, we're super hard on Job's wife. She lost everything, too. She lost all 10 kids. She lost the Land Rover, the diamonds, the boat, the house on the lake. She lost it all too. And now her husband, she comes out and her husband literally sitting on the garbage in misery. And she's thinking, my provider, he's, he's going to die. I'm just sitting here watching him, you know, die this slow and painful death. They were experiencing confusion and frustration and anger. Listen, life is hard. And listen, you, you may not be Job. You may not be going through what Job was going through. But the pain you're going through is real. The pain you're going through is real. Life is hard. Listen, we, we've all dealt with COVID and its repercussions. You know, COVID's just a little cherry on top of all the junk that we have to deal with in life. Life is hard. We all experience pain in life. And listen, I don't need to define your pain for you. You already know what hurts. In fact, Job experienced five types of pain. We'll do the same. The first one is emotional. Can you imagine the emotional pain of losing 10 kids? Can you imagine losing everything? 
Some of you are experiencing emotional pain right now. I, I don't need to tell you about the emotional pain that comes from sexual abuse or miscarriage or the loss of a loved one. Listen, the, the pain is real. Depression is real. I get it. And then there was financial pain. Some of you have lost jobs. You know, the stimulus checks have helped, but, but they're just a drop in the bucket. And then there was relational pain. There, there was some tension in their marriage. Job and his wife had some tension in their marriage. Some of you want to give up on your marriage. Listen, raising kids is tough. Relationships are tough. People walk away. People stab you in the back. There's real pain. And then Job experienced physical pain. Listen, pain, anger, confusion, and frustration come with that diagnosis. Some of you are in a serious battle for your health right now. And then there was spiritual pain. Job dealt with spiritual pain. Job lived in a world where God blessed good people and God cursed bad people. And some of us, we still think God works that way. If you're good, God will bless you. If you're bad, God will curse you. If you're bad, your washing machine will quit, your kids will go off the rails, and you'll lose your marriage. You know what we call that? We call that karma. And we have allowed it to infiltrate our thinking, even in Christianity. When we see somebody in pain, we think, well, I wonder what they did. Or when something bad happens to us, we think, God must hate me. That just doesn't jive with Jesus or the Bible. And, and then we try to reduce Christianity to simple formulas that don't add up. I don't know if you've ever seen this poster. The safest place to be is in the center of God's will. I mean, that's poetic. It's, it's nice. It's actually a quote by Corey Tenboom, and, and it sounds good, and no disrespect, but what about Jesus? The center of God's will for him was the cross. And what about Job? Job wasn't doing anything wrong. Job wasn't out of God's will. Job wasn't doing anything wrong, and he experienced anger and confusion and frustration because life is hard. Jesus said it straight out. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Life is hard. But God is still God. No matter what you go through, God is still God. Jesus has overcome the world. It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. But God is still God. And Jesus has overcome the world. No matter how good things get, no matter how bad things get, God is still God. And God is still good. And listen, we have to get this. My circumstances do not alter God's character. Job's circumstances did not alter God's character. God is always God. And God is always good. And listen, this is just really about our perspective. It's about how we're going to view life. Is it going to be about our circumstances? Or is it going to be about God's character? Is it going to be about us? Or is it going to be about God and his goodness? And listen, when we walk in his goodness and his blessings, we walk in joy. 
listen, you know people that are mad at the world. You know people that are never satisfied. I mean, I get it. There's COVID and unemployment and economic uncertainty and gas shortages and social unrest. And I'm not trying to over, oversimplify, but if you woke up in America today, you were, you're better off than most of the people on this planet. And God is still God and God is still good. And we have to decide before we have to decide that God is God. And we have to decide before we have to decide that God is good. Job decided before he had to decide. Job decided that God was good, that God was God before his world came crashing down. And listen, this is what I found. Emotion does not sustain devotion. Your, your emotion, your feels, it's only going to carry you so far. At some point, you're going to have to come to understand that God is God and God is good. Now, I want you to see Job 19. And let me say this before I read these verses. These are the watermark of this entire document. Because Job had doubts. Job had questions. Job was confused and frustrated and angry. But he had a bottom line. He decided before he had to decide. Look, some, some of you have been told that you lack faith or that you're weak because you have questions, doubts, and confusion. That your faith is weak because, you know, you're confused or frustrated or angry. Virtually everybody that Jesus used in a significant way had doubts and confusion. Job was no different. Here's his bottom line. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. And I am overwhelmed at the thought. Job said, I'm confused, I have doubts, but I know that God is still God, and I know that God is still good, and I know that one day everything will be made right. Listen, just because God is, is silent does not mean that he is absent. I know he's living, I know he is God. L listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ walked out of a tomb. We can live with hope, not because everything is going great, but because Jesus is alive and we will see him someday with our own eyes. Our hope is not in the world or in our ability. Our hope is the one who walked out of that tomb and will one day walk on this earth again. God is still God and God is still good. Paul said it this way. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. N not everything is good. What happened to Job was not good, but God was working for good. God causes things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God doesn't work for the good of everybody. God works for the good of those that belong to him. And listen, God wants to bless his children. If you're going through something, and probably most of us are, if you're going through something, God is working for good. You might not say it, see it till the end. You might have to wait until chapter 42. But God is still God, and God is still good. Listen, life is hard. God is still good. So keep going. If you want to be blessed... Keep going. 
Confusion, frustration, and anger will cause us to give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Look, you you might feel like you're in chapter 2 right now. I get it. You want to be in chapter 42. That causes confusion and frustration and anger. But we must trust God. Don't give up. Keep going. Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth. He said, that's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Every trouble that you're going through is small and won't last long. If if you look at the trouble that you're facing right now, you will give up. But listen, those troubles produce blessings. Keep going. Keep going. Now, here's the key to seeing things this way. When you go through a difficult time, don't ask God what he wants to teach you. When you go through a tough time, ask God to reveal himself to you. Because when we know who he is, our circumstances will pale in comparison. Keep going. You might be in chapter 2 right now, but chapter 42 is coming. Keep going. Don't ever give up on the God who's never given up on you. You might be confused. You might be frustrated. You might be mad. Don't give up on the God who's never given up on you. God is still God, and God is still good. Job was more blessed in the second half of his life than he was in the beginning. Life is hard, but God is still God, and God is still good. And God wants to bless his children, so keep going. Keep going. Would you stand and pray with me today? Hey, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know where you are today. But can I just ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and just stand before God for a minute and just ask him to reveal himself to you? Hey, it might be going great, so file it away. But if you're struggling today, he wants to bless you. Keep going. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you move from darkness to the light because you meet Jesus. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to a cross and he died and he paid the penalty for your sin. And then he rose from the dead. He walked out of that tomb and he did it for you so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you could have a life worth living here on earth and life eternal in heaven. If you've never given your life to Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me to say, God, hey, I, I can admit it, I'm a sinner. I know I'm messed up. I know I'm jacked up. And I believe that Jesus died to pay the penalty for my sin. And I give my life to him today. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose from the dead. I put my faith and trust in him today. I call on him to save me. And Father, I pray for everyone who's struggling today confusion, frustration, anger. God, just reveal yourself to us today.
Show us how good you really are. God, we know that you want to bless us. We know that no matter what we're going through, you're working for good. So come and meet with us in this place. Let your spirit minister to us in this place today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.